Hi, dude. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Quick Fix Podcast. I'm Forrest Hammond II, and here you'll get proven information to increase success and improve in every area, including finance, leadership, and relationships. Better information equals better thinking, and that guarantees better results. You just have to change what's going into your brain. Now it's time to get your quick fix. This is the Quick Fix Podcast. Quick Fix! Hey, it's a great day. Welcome to the Quick Fix Podcast. I'm glad you're here. I'm the hostess with the mostest hostess. That is, I have the most hostess, and it's delicious. <laughs> Welcome. You know, today, uh, just want to talk about first what's on my mind is books. I just love reading. And sometimes I get out of the habit and when I get back in, it's always magical and I try to be consistent. So most recently, I've, I read a classic that, I mean, you could say classic, you could say old, you could say it's been around forever and it gets made fun of. And it does. It's in a lot of movies called Who Moved My Cheese? And, uh, you know, people reference it and kind of jeer at it. You know, it was, a, it was a pretty good book. I actually like The Ant and the Elephant better than Who Moved My Cheese, but it had some great principles that I think are worth reading, and it's really quick read. So move that, or I read that recently, so, you know, take, take a look at that. That might be a good one for you. And the other one that blew my mind, one of my buddies that I met through work, he and I connected on reading books, and he had some there in his office. And uh, that was like six months ago, or maybe even a year now. But um, ever since then, we've just been passing books back and forth as like a, um, you know, just an involuntary book club. And uh, it's been really awesome. But the book he gave me recently, The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. And uh, it touches a lot on stoicism and just the philosophy of that. It's pretty amazing. And I really enjoyed the read. Fantastic book. Definitely my top 10 now. And I'll talk more about that later, but just kind of want to give you an idea of some books that I'm into right now that might kind of influence what we talk about, which is a lot of fun. So really enjoy that. But today we're going to talk about uh, a response that's not my favorite, but we can kind of change our paradigm around it and what we're thinking both when we say it and maybe when we receive it. It's when you ask somebody, how you doing? And you get, I'm busy. I'm so busy. Okay. Now, honestly, it's a frustrating one for me to receive, but I understand why people say it. Um, so I'll temper my response on this a little bit as best I can, but know that is frustrating, but also um, we can understand perspective when we're looking at when people say they're busy as well and how to change that feeling from always feeling so busy and make it effective. So if you've felt this and said it before, I'm not picking on you. It's just something that I feel like a lot of people feel and we can make it something work for us instead of against us. Now, I have to admit that at one point, busy was my buzzword. It's kind of a negative thing, a negative road to be on because, you know, it's just not a positive thing. Oh, I'm busy. Like you're, you're just like, oh, life is so rough. You have so much going on. But you can also be, you know, be positive about it. Like, hey, it's a great day. You know, lots going on, but 
you know, I'm doing okay. And actually that friend that let me borrow the obstacle is the way, uh, he did a presentation on positivity and negativity and sent me some of the information that he used in that presentation, which I find very interesting. So I want to get off the negative of, oh, I'm so busy and onto positive things. So here's just some interesting facts that um, the Journal of Applied Psychology um, put forth and that um, it was shown in the Effects of Civility on Advice, Leadership, and Performance 2015. So first, negativity represents only 7% of our daily interactions, but it has a powerful, excuse me, powerful effect. So 7%, which that's surprising to me, honestly. Unless you're watching the news, and that's 99.9 to 100%. So one one negative interaction has four to seven times more influence as opposed to a positive interaction. Also, high performers surrounded by negativity are 13 times more likely to leave an organization than average and below average performers. So they're 13 times more likely to leave if it's a negative environment than any other kind of performer. In other words, your best people leave when negativity impacts them and you need five people to counteract the influence of one negative influence, which you can see negative is very powerful, but positivity is also very powerful. But a lot of times that negativity can be very overwhelming and it's so contagious. But then again, so is positivity. I feel like you can be a very contagious person. You have a little kid walking around with a big old smile and he walks into the room. You can't tell me people are going to catch that. It takes a little bit more effort sometimes because that negative has seeped in and festered and just sits and becomes a cesspool around you. Sometimes it's hard to climb out of that. It's like tar. But once you do, man, you can be a huge force for good. I mean, look at the people that are positive. You know, you can call them influencers. You can call people that, you know, are spreading that positivity. And man, it is infectious and it's amazing. And we love to hear from them, love to be around them. Hopefully that's part of why you listen to this podcast. I think it is because I'm pretty positive that we are positive on this podcast. So um, let's get into it. I like the... Some of the quotations that I have for today are surrounding not being busy per se, but um, activity. And the reason is you look at the very famous quote, Henry David Thoreau, it's not enough to be busy. So too are the ants. The question is, what are we busy about? So you can just be busy. You can be in activity, but that's not really a true form, a true measure of productivity. Yeah. I mean, activity is part of productivity, but, um, you know, it it takes a little bit more. So first from Peter Marshall, small deeds done are better than great deeds planned. You can talk a lot in other words, but the action, that's the important side. You have to have results. If someone is telling you to do something, check their results first. It's very important. So somebody has given you advice on getting fit. Hopefully they are following that same advice and getting the results you want. If not, find somebody else. 
Okay, Albert Hubbard said, an ounce of performance is worth more than a pound of preachment. Again, words versus actions. And then action may not always bring happiness, but there's no happiness without action. Benjamin Disraeli. So obviously we need to have action. Action is vital to success, but activity versus accomplishment is very different. And so those that are busy oftentimes are caught up in an activity whirlpool. They're just going around like chickens with their head cut off. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I had an opportunity to take part in that activity. And we'll keep this PG for all of the kids listening. But once you remove the dome from the torso, the torso continues to move but in an erratic form or fashion that there's no rhyme or reason to, obviously, because he just lost his head. But sometimes people act like that. Oh, I'm so busy. I'm, oh, yeah. Oh, what are you up to? Oh, man, just so much going on and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Well, are you intentional about what you're doing? I think it's very important to take stock of where you're at during the day. Sometimes we leave it just to the 1st of January, or sometimes we have a talk or a book or something that helps us to look inward and to see if we are accomplishing what we need to, and we kind of reorient and get back on track. But oftentimes we're kind of just running around doing stuff that, you know, we feel good about just having activity. And unfortunately, that's kind of our culture in in corporate America, that it's more important for people to, and there's scores of books with, with people, with these studies, with people that are actually doing true leadership, like It's Your Ship by Captain Abrashoff, I believe was his name. He talks about having these people do things intentionally and finding new ways, new in, intuitive ways to do the activities they're already doing. They're not just doing the activity over and over again and getting a gold star. And I mean, we teach it in school, we teach it in corporate America. Um, oftentimes the person that is more active, whether or not it's productive or not, is the one that gets the higher achievement, that gets more recognition and gets the corner office. You know, same thing we see it in school. If you're doing your busy work, which I never understood. I mean, even in college, we got this kind of work where it was just, okay, do 200 problems of math and read three chapters. Well, I mean, that's can be good. You know, you got to give the information and practice, but that day after day, and it was just time, I think, for the teacher to gain some sanity or so then they didn't have to worry about really teaching. Unfortunately, that's my feeling, take it or leave it, but you've probably seen people that are just busy. So what the heck is the quick fix for this? Because everybody's busy. In reality, people are. I mean, most people do find things to do. Now, are they productive? Are they stuff that is going to move them forward? Not necessarily. Some people, they just choose not to, and that's their choice. You know what? That's the, that is their choice. They can totally do that. But For us here on the podcast, I know that we're looking for ways to be more effective and to have accomplishment, just not not just activity. We want to be effective in what we do and getting ourselves 
having a paradigm shift and, and moving ourselves away from just being active and actually really being intentional about what we do. The hardest kind of work is thinking. That's why so few do it. I can't remember who said that. I think it was Orrin Woodward or Chris Brady, but it is the toughest kind of work because we have to fight against that impulse to be physically doing stuff. Instead, we're just sitting and pondering and figuring out a problem and overcoming obstacles in our mind. So then we can overcome them physically. Isn't that what this is all about? Isn't that what I've talked about since the beginning? That we need to look at a problem first, fix it in our minds first, do those quick fixes, those little things that are going to make a big impact in our activity. Then we have the action. Then we have the results and the success along with it in whatever form it is. So how to get there is the question. So I I took a lot of where to get there from a TED talk by Daria Long. She's an ER doctor talking about triaging your crazy busy life. And I was inspired by this. Actually, my boss at work um, introduced us to this TED talk and it was very inspiring and it's actually helped me to kind of refocus. I liked, I liked her talk a lot, but I kind of changed a few things. So I'll kind of go over some of the things I learned from it, go over, uh, touch on a few of her points. I'll link it in the show notes. So go ahead and take a look at it because it's awesome. It's 11 minutes long. You can watch it on 1.75 and get it done really fast. But uh, to me, it was worth two or three listens because it really helped me to prioritize the things I was doing and not necessarily being busy all the time. So here we go. Number one, she talked about being in ready mode. So how you react to stress is vital. So obviously in the ER and this, there, this resonated with me, this resonated with me because being in the healthcare community, you know, you have to react to stress and sometimes depending on the situation and what you're in, I mean, for everybody, how you react is, could be life or death. So being in ready mode and preparing yourself mentally to take on whatever's going to come. So you can prioritize by degrees of urgency. So this is directly from the talk. She talks about in the ER, they have different triage levels. Red is life-threatening, yellow is non-life-threatening, and green is good. And then of course there was also black, and essentially they're dead on arrival, and there's not there's not anything you can do to save them. So seems heartless in the healthcare scenario, but let's just look at it as um, when we're making choices for activities, it's probably not really going to matter one way or the other if you have sprinkles on your ice cream or chocolate sauce. I mean, really, (laughs) I mean, it is important. Actually, I would just choose cherry shell because that is the superior way to have an ice cream cone. But if you don't believe me, try it out. So prioritize by degree of urgency. Red is life-threatening, yellow, non-life-threatening, green. You're good. So look at that in the choices you have each day, and you can you can change your activities based on that. Really, if you have three things going on, you're, she talks about how her house flooded. Um, she was writing a book and her kid's sick. 
So those are great examples in my life. Oftentimes you can look at, I need to get the oil changed in my car. I have a book that I need to read. My podcast episode needs to come out. Well, I would say that's life-threatening. That is red for me. I just, it's very important for me to have the podcast out consistently. So that would be red. Yellow for me would probably be, I mean, really both of those could be yellow depending on how long I let the car go without changing the oil and what my goal is in relation to that book. And reading for me is pretty much yellow most of the time. I want to be consistently in books. So decide for you what those red, yellow, and green triage levels are, triage levels are relating to the degree of urgency. So prioritize that. And she says, remember, noisiness is not the most urgent. So if your child screaming next to you is, you know, um, mad that they can't have a sucker, but then your child in the corner is choking on that sucker, (laughs) you know, the noisy one is not the priority at that moment. So you can make the decision based on what you need to do. Um, The next thing is prepare for upcoming decisions. So you're in ready mode, you're prioritizing your degree of urgency, and then you're preparing for whatever is upcoming. And that just takes planning. Planning is vital for success. You have to not only plan for your success, but plan the steps to get there. And that's day to day. Um, Frank Betcher in How I Raise Myself from Failure to Success in Selling said that when he was struggling and he was a complete failure as a salesman, he began taking all of Saturday and planning out his next week. And that brought him success because he actually knew where he was going and what he was doing that next week. And he started crushing it. And the moment he stopped doing that, he started to fail again. You you fail to plan, you plan to fail. I mean, it's the old um, saying. And so he eventually, because he was planning so well, he could move it to Fridays, keep his Saturdays free, and just do that Friday mornings. So he was actually working less in the long run with effective planning. So you have to prepare and you know what could be upcoming. You can plan for scenarios that may or may not happen, but can be possible to upcome. To to give an example from work, um, I don't know who come, came up with this, but um, we call it putting rocks in your schedule. So if you have um, cemented in things that you're going to do every week, no matter what, this is a huge planning tip for you guys, for everyone. For me, this has been absolutely essential and necessary. You put in these rocks in your schedule of, I will do this no matter what. So if it is reading a book and you clear out 15 minutes in your schedule, if you really want to finish that book to get that information so you can do X, Y, Z, you absolutely have to do that. Carve it out of your schedule, put it in your calendar as a continuous daily task that will take up 15 minutes of your day and you will do that no matter what you add five or 10 alarms, you know, it's happening. That is a rock. If you're planning for an upcoming marathon, well, brother, you better get your booty out there and start running. Cause if you're not planning to run, you're going to put it off, put it off. And then, Oh, Hey, guess what? The marathon is tomorrow. And then either you're going to die running that marathon or it's just not going to happen. 
you have to plan for that. So put those rocks in your schedule. And first, very important, I think you need to determine what for you are those rocks. What is going to make you successful in your life? And what areas is that? So deciding what that is. Is it fitness? Is it, you know, reading educational books? Is it time with your family? So systematize things that you can systematize. So for instance, I had a listener talk about this with me that uh, they were doing homeschool with their child and they're trying to do a dozen different things during the day. And they were reading history books to their child because they weren't really engaged in history. They didn't want to read it themselves, which is great. If you can have the time for that, do it. But we're busy, <laughs> LOL. Um, so, you know, you can be. Sometimes it's, there's other things that could be the priority. Maybe that is a currently it's a yellow or green thing for you, but you have a red thing where you need to finish your taxes or you need to pick up another kid from the bus stop. You know, you have other stuff that you could be doing or have to do to make your household run. So maybe this is not the time to spend quality time with that kid that they could systematize that. So I would offer there are podcasts on history that you can have them listen to that make it more exciting, that make it more fun and that you can have them. So that's a way to systematize. Looking at ways to develop systems is brilliant and it's a big time saver. It will help you not to be quote unquote busy, but being effective and accomplishing what you want to accomplish. So rocks and schedule, systematize. And then this is one that I, I just love because it's been so effective with my daughter who um, is, is very strong feeling. And we love that about her. It's so great. And we don't want to squash that. So we encourage her to feel that way. But when something comes up, we encourage her, don't react, respond. So in doing so, she's able to filter her feelings a little bit, decide, okay, I don't need to explode. I can choose to respond. And usually that leads to a healthy discussion instead of an explosion and issues and consequences that result from there from. So I think this can be applied to all of our schedules as well. When we have something that does come up, if plans change, if, you know, our rock is up, upheaved, upheaval is thrown from our schedule, don't react, respond, decide how to overcome whatever obstacles in your way, and then move the rock to a different part of your day so you still make sure to do it. And honestly, if you're truly committed to these rocks, if you're truly committed to being effective, two things are going to happen. One is you're not going to finish your day until you complete those rocks. It is so important that you do that. You're not going to hit the pillow until you do whatever you promised yourself that you would do. That's huge. Successful people do that. That is what the truly successful do is they have those things that no matter what they are going to accomplish that day. There are other things that can flex, but there are certain things you know that when Michael Jordan was playing basketball, he did not stop until he did all of his free throws. You know that Lance Armstrong did not stop until he rode his bike however far you ride a bike when you do what you do there. It's, 
It's systematic for success. You do those things no matter what. Now, the other thing that's going to happen is you're going to become so effective in what you're doing that you'll find that you actually have extra time. When you become effective, not only at your rocks, but you triage your different choices for the day, the different events that are happening or things that come up, you're able to make your schedule such that it doesn't feel hectic. You kind of reach a zen-like state where you feel like you've gotten things under control and you won't feel so busy and you'll be more successful. Quick fix for the day. Pick out your rocks for what you want in your life. They're vital to success. They're vital to getting exactly what you want. So it doesn't take that long. Take the time to plan. Pick out three rocks for your day of the most important things in your life that you will accomplish no matter what, before your head hits the pillow, before you get tired. That's what's going to happen. And that will bring you success. Now go and get it. See you next time. Hey, thanks for joining me on the Quick Fix podcast. Make sure to hit subscribe and we'll talk to you next time. Quick Fix!